Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about sex, lives, and videotape? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, it's going. It is going. That is... Definitely a thing that is happening. <laughs> Did you see that they're like doing a second Space Jam movie? Oh, yes, I saw that. Yes. Did you ever and see the first one? Lauren, the amount of the amount that I care for either of those movies is like underground. That's how low <laughs> it is. I never saw the first one. I've seen bits of it because it's been on cable and like when I'm on my when I'm with Mike and we're like flipping through channels, it's been on, and I can honestly say that it looks like a movie that I would pay to not watch either of them. So I don't <laughs> I don't care one bit. But have you seen it? I have, and I kind of feel the same way you do. It's like I it, no, I, I don't really care about them either. I've actually never liked Looney Tunes even as a kid. Um, so it's kind of like, why would I watch a movie when I already know that I don't like part of it and I don't like sports. So I'm like, it's like, it's like, I don't already, I don't like Looney Tunes and I don't like sports. So it's like a double whammy of like two things I'm not even interested in. So yeah. yeah I think only the Lego movie has successfully combined animation and real life in a way that I accept and really enjoy but otherwise, like, people interacting with cartoon characters, not really my thing. Oh, yeah, because um, you didn't like Roger Rabbit either, did you? Correct, yeah. And yeah. and I like Looney Tunes. I like sports. I think what gets me is the, like, animation, real life, and just the the concept. I don't care about it. I don't know. I just don't care. And um, I'm surprised that Looney Tunes are still relevant to children. That surprised me because when I was a kid, I, I watched them, but we were much closer to like the creation of Looney Tunes than kids today yeah. are. And there's so much, there's so many other things for kids to watch that it surprises me that Looney Tunes can still attract a crowd unless their parents are coming and grandparents are coming and taking kids for the nostalgia, I guess, maybe. I don't I know. Think, I think that the second one is more for the people that are our age rather than children oh you know yeah yeah I don't I don't think it's I mean I <clears throat> I think it will attract some kids but I think it's more for I think it's more for us the millennials really mm -hmm, big time they made a kids movie for adults I yeah I would bet you I would bet you like well why you would know? they put LeBron in it then they should put Michael Jordan back in it <laughs> he may have not wanted to do it i don't think he really enjoyed making the first one i think it was kind of difficult for him because he was like pretty much alone the whole time um <laughs> yeah yeah the green yeah. screen so um i i don't think he liked i don't think he liked filming it so he might have just not wanted to come back and they also might might have wanted to just get someone who's more relevant but i bet you that it's definitely more for the people who are our age rather than kids i feel like michael jordan is probably more relevant to people who are our age 
And yeah. LeBron is more relevant to kids. As but seen again, by the TBS show Chad. If anyone <laughs> wants to watch a really funny show, Wait, Chad. What? What'd you say? Chad? Yeah. If anyone wants to watch a super funny show, there's the TBS show Chad is so funny. Mike and I watched it. And there's an episode where he gets counterfeit LeBrons, Nike, Nike LeBrons, you know, because yeah. that's like the hot shoe. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I don't know, like, Lauren. It's um, an interesting point that you're making. I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. You doing drinking coffee there? I got some coffee. Yeah. Coffee. I, I mean, uh, brought some tea out of my fridge and I left it on the counter and I forgot about it. Mm. I know. Oh, you also have water. I Very have coffee and water because why not? Because it's a why Saturday and not? I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I so last night I... um. <laughs> I took a nap, but I ended up like falling asleep at like 10 and I slept through the entire night. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's lucky. <laughs> I know. I mean, I like, I have a tendency to wake up in the middle of the night and like be awake for like an hour or so. So I did that twice. So I ended up sleeping from like 10 to like 3.30 to like, like, I don't know, like 5.30 to like 10 and then yeah and then I was up for like an hour and then slept for like another hour so so much for that but yeah that's pretty good I had to run around all yesterday and I mean it was like I lost something and I have no earthly idea where it could have possibly gone and I've looked all over and I've like I've like friends were like well did you look here did you look here I'm like dude I literally looked every place it could possibly be it maybe has evaporated. I don't, I don't know what happened to it. And I decided to rush and get a new one. And last night I was like, like in a really bad mood. <laughs> I just was like, I just want to get home and chill. And oh, it was terrible. I was so cranky. So how was your night last night? It was good. I actually also took a nap, a surprise nap. So when I got home, I was like, I'm not going to take my like do my usual exercise. I'm going to give myself the night off. And I was kind of like, gr like drowsy. And I thought, well, I'm just going to sit down on my bed for a little while. And then I slept like deep and hard <laughs> for <laughs> a while. And I woke up with a jolt and I was like, oh my gosh, I was asleep. And I was like groggy, like that fog groggy, you know, and I was like kind of wandering around my apartment. Like I should probably drink some water because I hadn't drank a lot of water yesterday and I should probably eat some food. And I was just kind of in a daze for a little while. And then I had some food and some water and then I watched Smackdown and then I watched the movie and I fell asleep at the end of the movie. And so yeah. I had to pause it because I fell asleep for like a couple minutes and then I woke up and the movie had kept going obviously and I thought oh shoot so I rewound the movie to before I fell asleep and then I thought this is and then I tried to watch it and my eyelids were just so heavy so I was like this is dangerous so I paused it and then I just some, I do this sometimes where I just give myself like a little power nap like in the evenings right if I start getting sleepy I just allow myself to sleep for a little while and I'll usually sleep for like 20 minutes and then I you know I'm energized for another couple hours and so I did that. I closed my eyes and then I woke up probably, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later and thought, okay, I can finish the movie now. And so I'm like watching the movie and it's, it was, it was still like, I was still kind of drowsy, like watching the movie. And then when the movie ended, I stopped it, but 
my TV and everything was still on. And then I fell asleep for like an hour on the couch. <laughs> and then I woke up and I, I get so mad when I do that because I think like I could have done all this sleeping in bed. <laughs> I turned everything off, washed my face, brushed my teeth, got in bed, fell right asleep. And that's, that was my evening. <laughs> wow. So we both had really exciting evenings. Yeah. Well, the it. night before I had gone to Mike's house and I, I got to his house and it smelled delightful like coffee. And I said, Ooh, it smells like coffee in here. And he's like, yeah, I had some coffee. Do you want some? And I was like, I do, I do want some coffee. And I had a big cup of coffee bigger than I normally drink anyway. Like I usually don't drink that much at one time and it was 6 PM. So I thought it's probably okay. So I drank a big cup of coffee at 6 PM and I was awake till like 2 AM. I got home bed, and then I was just like wide awake. I felt so energized. I probably could have gotten up and done something, but that is so weird. That happened to me on Thursday too. Hmm. Like, it's like we had the same, like I, I didn't, I didn't have coffee, but I was like, I was just wide awake. Like I could not sleep. I was like, I just want to stay up. I just want to stay up and I want to hang out and I want to do stuff. And I like, I didn't want to go to bed. And then so like, so Friday I was like so tired that I just, I just slept a whole bunch and yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. Very similar days. It is kind of strange. Yeah. Um, It was fun on Thursday because Mike let me drive his Camaro. So that was really cool. And I don't know how to drive a manual, but uh, so he he was teaching me and I kept stalling it. And I was, (laughs) it's, it's kind of difficult, but fun. Like I'm excited. I hope he, you know, I hope we keep trying because yeah. I would like to learn, but it was just, and, and this, I think I told you this yesterday, but we were driving in an empty parking lot and this van drove up and like parked. And then I felt super self-conscious the whole time. Every time I stalled it, I imagined somebody in that van laughing at me and like somebody being like, ah, man's teaching a woman how to drive, you know? And I was just like getting increasingly frustrated with myself because Mike was like, okay, try this. You're pulling your foot off the clutch too soon. You got to ease off the clutch. Cause once I would feel the car start rolling, I would just take my foot off the clutch. Right. And I got to like find that, that balance, you know? And so every time I tried, I just got more and more frustrated with myself and he was very patient, which I was happy about because I'm driving his very nice car and you know, but <laughs> right. Every time I stalled it, I was like, oh my gosh. And then, so half of my brain was like mad at myself. And the other half of my brain was picturing the people in that parked van, like, like losing their, like just dying laughing at me. And, and that was making me really self-conscious. And so I finally said, okay, I'm going to try one more time. And that's, well, this is what I said. I said to him, I'm going to try one more time. And then if you want to go, we can go. And I tried one more time and I stalled it. And he said, well, do you want to end on a low note or do you want to end on a high note? And so I was like, okay, I'll try again. And then I tried a couple more times and I stalled it. And then I was like, okay, I'm getting frustrated. So we have to go. And I just, it was that stupid, like part of it was me and part of it was that stupid van. And I was just, I don't know why they were like what they were doing, but they could obviously see that there was something happening. So why didn't they go to a different parking lot? That's what bothers me. I'm blaming blaming all of my mistakes on them. It's it's all their fault. Well, I mean, it's like a totally empty parking lot. And they're the, this is the one parking lot that they go to, you know? Like, And there was on. a lot of other, because we went to work. 
right there's a right. lot of parking lots at work yeah know? there is it's a huge so place i need them to accommodate me whoever those people were i need them to change their routine for me because they don't know what they did but they did something anyway it was fun though it was really how fun dare. how absolute dare um i I mean, I told you that I learned on a stick shift car. Mm -hmm. Like that was like the like I didn't learn on a automatic. That was the first car I learned on. But my car, there was like a hill at my old house, and it wasn't a big hill. It was like a very minor hill. But that car could barely make it up that hill. Like every time I'd go up it, it would stall. <laughs> Jeez! Oh my gosh! And it was. I mean, it was kind of like a piece of, I loved that car, but it was a piece of crap. Like it, the um, AC wasn't working anymore and you couldn't put the car into like first without putting it into fourth. Like it was like you had to go into fourth and then put it into first. Oh. So my cousin had borrowed it. This was years and years ago when I was like, probably, I don't know, like 16 or 17. And she took it to my aunt's house, her mom's house and she didn't put it in reverse properly and it started <laughs> rolling down the driveway and she had to like run after it oh my gosh yes. that's scary yeah so i get it i mean <clears throat> my my car was obviously not like a nice car like his was mine was like a you know hand-me-down that had been handed down like many times but um i just have the fondest memories of that car because driving a stick shift is fun and there's something about it that's like thrilling you know yeah 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 it looks cool yeah yeah you just have to get used to it it's definitely a different experience yeah it is it's a it's a it's a timing thing and you have to learn how it feels and you know yeah i, to, I think i have to get over myself that's my biggest problem i just have to boldly go forward you know well, and I think you need to just forget about what it's like to drive an automatic, you know, put yourself yeah. in the mind of like, this is not the same thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyone who uh, has a chance to drive a manual car, I say do it because it's really interesting and it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is really fun. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to just talk about the movie? <laughs> sure. Let's talk okay. about the movie. So, I'm dying to know. What did you think of the movie? I liked it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like, I, I just, I mean, Sam and I have known each other for a long time, but we are still, like, we, we don't know what each other is going to think about a movie. Like, we have no idea, even though we know each other supposedly so well. <laughs> so... I was just like, I wonder what she's going to think of this movie. And I was not sure if it was going to be like up your alley or not, but I really love this movie. And this was actually the movie that like made me a fan of James Spader. Like I didn't really know who he was before that. And then I, I saw this film and I like, I just like, I think that his character in that film may be one of my all time favorite characters. Like, oh, ever. wow. Yeah. I love him. And watching that movie again made me like, it just like solidified all the love that I have for that character, like just all over again. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> and I was kind of nervous that after being through like my own experiences that I might not like it as I watched it again, but I really like it. I really, really love this movie. I think it's a really great film. Yeah, so. I, 
I I was kind of like, oh, when I learned it was a Steven Soderbergh film, uh-huh. I was like, okay, that makes sense. I kind of got that. I get that feel now. I see. It's a, it's a very talky movie. It reminded me of like, it reminded me of the movie Beautiful Girls in terms of style where the locations that they're in are secondary. Um, and you could honestly film this movie with like the actors just sitting on against a black background on a chair well i mean they have there's obviously like sex and stuff but um as noted by the title but <laughs> right. it's very monologue but it works and i mm-hmm. when that style is done well i really enjoy it like beautiful girls the 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 movies though they're, they're only alike in terms of style like they're very different movies but they're very uh like like they were like they're a play almost like it's it's like right. they could be done on a stage and the, like other movies like fences is like that and that is uh was a play so it's just so so you can just tell that every every line of dialogue was well thought out and some of it isn't necessarily natural but that's not i'm not saying that's not a bad thing it's a very pleasing movie to watch in that regard i really really like that style when it's done well i think fences got a little boring um but that one definitely was a play i don't know if this movie was a play at all but i don't think it was i think it was written but anyway so i like that aspect of it because it's 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 not natural like there nobody in real life would have these sort of conversations but they would have very similar colloquial conversations if right if that makes sense and i just it's like a classier real life and i i like that and the and the movie is totally driven by dialogue which is hard to explain how is other movie how is a different movie not driven by dialogue and i know it when i see it but i can't explain it except to say that the scenery is totally superfluous like nothing yeah, it doesn't yeah. really matter where these conversations are taking place you never really see them doing much other than just talking to each other and i i really liked that i i thought this movie was i didn't honestly expect to see that in from an 80s movie you know it yeah, surprised yeah. me and and actually i was reading the wikipedia page and it did say that it kind of started off like the independent film movement almost so i can totally oh, really? see that yeah because yeah, it, it won the like palm very... d'or what it won the palm d'or at Cannes, so oh. it was it was like a big a big whoop uh but yeah it's good i'm not sure how i feel about the ending i don't know if i actually like there's aspects of the ending that I I don't really that I like actually kind of surprised me. Okay. Um but I I I did really enjoy the movie. I it was it was good. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad. Okay, yeah, cuz we were talking about this movie and I was like, you know, I love this movie. I really, you know, I wouldn't I would say that it's probably one of my top like I don't know, top 25 films that I love, you know. Um and again, seeing this movie for the second or not the second time but like i mean i've seen it many times but seeing it again like now at the age that i am now um it it was just like re-solidified the fact that i just really love this film and in particular i really love graham i love his character i think he's unlike any character i've ever seen in a film before and i don't know if you agree with that but i i've just never seen anything like like him and i i thought that 
was a really interesting way of, of writing a person that is just very unique. And, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's changed a lot, you know, as like going from someone that's similar to John to being this like totally opposite version of him. And I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> like, I love this character. I had some issues with Graham because I wanted to see more of him. Okay. Um, and it's not like the issues I have don't ruin, like the movie isn't ruined for me. I just, I wanted to see more of him develop in, I wanted to see more of his motivations and I kind of wanted to see him. I wanted us to get fulfillment to see him sort of healed of his impotism. Impot is that mm -hmm. impotence? <laughs> impotence? Impotence, yeah. Impotence, his impotence. Yeah. And I don't know, Did do you think that the implication, the implication is that he was healed of his impotence? <laughs> what is the impotence implication in this movie? <laughs> the impotence implication. Do you think he was, he was on the, like, he was getting, like, do you think he got past that when they, when him and Anne had their little talk um or do you think not i'm I, not suggesting they had sex i'm just suggesting do you think he is able to now get an erection around people again um i think that there is the potential for that but i i don't know and i i kind of i i think that it goes a lot deeper than him just getting with Anne and suddenly being able to achieve an erection again, you know, um, because there's clearly like a very, like a deep seated, I think trauma that probably likely happened to him that caused him to, uh, to be able to not achieve an erection, you know, become impotent. And I think that there would have to be a lot more work done on his part um, emotionally to be able to achieve that again. I just, I, I don't think it's that simple. You know what I mean? So I guess no is my answer. Okay. I kind of disagree with you. I think it is, I think it would be kind of simple um, in terms of, I think he'd still probably have things that he needed to work through, but I kind of thought the idea of like, finally here's somebody who's different than other women and somebody who knows his dark, past but she also has like issues of all her own and she cared enough to like push forward when he was like I don't have any issues and she's like you have issues you know I don't think they had sex I'm not suggesting that and I'm not even su suggesting that anything happened with his erection I just wonder if like here's somebody that he can be unguarded around and I think that that would probably solve a lot of the issues uh initial issue like the the boner issue <laughs> uh i think he could probably i think that that would be pretty easy to achieve but yes i think he would probably need to have help for his issue i mean he would need more help like that wouldn't solve everything right but that's right. what i was that's kind of how i thought and i agree with you i think the potential is more likely but i don't think it would be as complicated initially like to just get an erection again yeah I don't, I don't know. And I think that part of the problem is like what you said is that they didn't go very deep into, um, what happened to him in his past life and his psyche 
to make him the person that he is other than mentioning his ex-girlfriend Elizabeth you know they talk about Elizabeth so it seems like something happened with her and you know he doesn't find out until the end that John had sex with Elizabeth which like John is such a shitty person like the entire film is just like John being just like the worst guy and um you know I mean and Graham senses it almost immediately that he's like I don't like John he's a liar you know and um and he even says like the worst kind of person is a liar and then like the second worst kind of person is a lawyer so like John is a a liar lawyer um <laughs> and um <laughs> and uh it, it's it's like, I think that I would also have to include that um, that part into him being impotent or not is as to whether or not finding out that John had slept with Elizabeth, who you kind of assume was like the love of his life. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. the way he talks about her, like sounded like she was kind of like this is her, like, we're going to be together, you know, we're going to get married, whatever. And, um, and then finding out that John slept with her, I would imagine would be devastating and may even further, like, w make the impotence worse, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like impotence is, like, a more digital than analog. Like, it's, like, ones and zeros as opposed to, like, oh, now I have worse impotence. <laughs> like I think it's like you have a phone or you don't. I guess I I don't know if I understand what you mean. Like, like it's like, either up or it's not. I don't think it's like, I don't think okay. he's like, oh great, now I have more trauma and I can't like my like your penis doesn't like bend back between your legs. If you <laughs> like, did get, you did you ever see did you ever see the movie French Kiss? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. When she finds a little statue of the um the Eiffel Tower and she goes like this reminded me of you and she presses down and it goes bloop <laughs> and it like falls over <laughs> and he's like yeah that's that's hilarious it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> just reminding me of that I think though I think I don't know if I mean at a certain point if you know you have a friend like John I mean you can almost think like he probably tried to sleep with my girlfriend and and if your relationship with your girlfriend didn't work out you can probably assume that she might have slept with him I don't think it would be a surprise especially seeing how John is to his wife like he belittled her at the dinner table like oh yeah like he was like oh it's a little too salty but other than that it's okay you know and like Graham is like taking Something I like about Graham well, no, as a character. No, what, he, what he says is he's like, oh, this is pretty good. He's like, but normally she puts so much salt in it. And it's just like, I was like, okay. I kind of I wanted to be like, you know what, John? Go cook your own fucking dinner then if you don't like it the way I like it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to tell you, but you don't have to make me feel bad about making you dinner, you know? So, yeah, he was, he was a like a pretty big jerk and uh he was a little bitch <laughs> but i like the way i like how graham is a watcher like he sees all these things like he first arrives at their house and he's asking Anne like really personal questions and i like that i like that the two of them i might have looked too far into it but it seemed like not only is graham a watcher but i think he saw something in her that made him immediately well it seems like he's like comfortable around at like asking women personal questions anyway but 
he didn't like tiptoe around her but she also was very immediately open with him too like pretty quickly but when he asked her like do you like being married what do you like being why do you like being married what what about being married do you like and she like never said like oh i love how john makes me feel i love being in love with him i love waking up next to him i love that i get to do life with him and he makes me feel great he makes me laugh we have deep conversations she said like oh i love this nice house and i Mm -hmm. love the security and he just got junior partner so that's nice and and i i like that you can see I have something to say about the security thing, too, because I did notice that she said, oh, that thing that they say about security, that's true. But she says, but she doesn't say it in that it's the security of being married to someone. She says it in that, oh, we own this house. And I was like, so she doesn't mean emotional security. She means like financial, Financial. physical security. Yeah. And I noticed, like, I picked up that right away and I was like, huh, interesting. And I like that. She doesn't mention that. Graham immediately like I don't think it would be easy to hide things from him like I think he's one of those people who has like x-ray vision yeah he can see your secrets even when you don't say them and I think he's a very interesting character and that's why I wanted more of him because I'm sure that as soon as she gave her answer he parsed out exactly what was happening in their relationship he knows John he now knows that she likes being married not because she loves john you know she likes the accoutrement of being married and i i like that um i like that in his character and at dinner you can tell that he's just observing he's observing the way john treats her he's observing all these things and i think that's really interesting and i i i like that in terms of how these characters develop I really liked that and I liked I liked both sisters. I I thought they were both the be- I actually like I thought the the sisters were the best characters in the movie for me. Mm-hmm. And that's only because there's just wasn't enough Graham. Like I wanted more Graham, but I really liked the sisters. They're like different sides of the same coin and they yeah. both sort of dist like they're both they both are sort of like they both they both have like distaste for the other one, but also I think envy for the other one. So it's like the only reason they have like all this distaste is because they're envious. Like I think Anne wishes she could be as sexually free as Cynthia, but she disguises it as being like, I'm disgusted by your behavior. And Cynthia wishes she could have the security that Anne has, but she disguises it as like, I don't need security and I want to be a better lay than her and I want to be prettier than her, you know? And I'd really like the sisters yeah i think that they have like a begrudging love for each other yeah like i i don't they might not necessarily like each other as people but i think that they are like there's definitely many times where i think john said something about how he didn't want cynthia to tell Anne that she had uh done the tape with graham and um and cynthia was like well she's my sister why wouldn't i tell her mm-hmm. and so i think that's like I think they, they do they do love each other, but I think that, um, yeah, like what you said, I think you're spot on with that is that there's definitely some envy there, especially with Cynthia. I think Cynthia is a little bit more envious than Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cynthia is sleeping with Anne's husband and she's, and it's just like, it's stuff like that. And she, she says a lot of things 
like, um, oh, I just wish everyone could, you know, I could tell everyone that, uh, that Anne is a, is a bad lay and, and, oh, it, like, am I, as I, as I, or, <laughs> oh, I can't talk, am I as pretty as Anne, you know, stuff like that, whereas, you're right with, with Anne. She's kind of just like, I think she's like one of those people. And I've, I think I've been there before. I think I've been in Anne's shoes before. Um, where now I think I'm more like a mixture of them both, you know, um, where I'm like, where, where Anne is just, is just like, oh, oh no, oh no, that's, you know, like I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. But Cynthia's just so open about herself. And 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 I like, I like what you said. I I totally agree with you. Is what I'm saying. Is, is basically what I'm saying. Um, who do you think you like one or the other more, like, or do you think you like them equally the same? I like them equally. I, I, when the movie first started and John goes to Cynthia's house and they start having sex, I'm like, okay, so he's cheating on his wife. Right. But then she says Cynthia was like why can't we ever go to your house? I would love to have sex in my sister's bed. And I thought, oh, I don't think I'm going to like Cynthia. But then I never, Cynthia never did anything for me to hate her. And I actually liked her the whole time. Actually, you know, like I should, for all intents and purposes, not like Cynthia, but I, I liked her just because of the juxtaposition with her and Anne. It works so well. In a movie, it's very delicate. And I think it's hard to do because you shouldn't really gravitate towards these characters who are like doing such an evil thing, but the envy and the, the subtext of their relationship is so cool that I just, I like them both. I feel for yeah. them both. I mean, I would never like if, if you came up to me and said that you were sleeping with your sister's husband, I would never like be like, that's awesome. I would t try to talk you out of it, but <laughs> like it's detestable behavior, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I, it's so well done that I right. think uh, he did, Steven, is it Soderbergh or Soderbergh? I'm not sure. It's Soderbergh probably. He did a, I think he did a great job. I believe he wrote and directed it and he did a mm -hmm. great job with these characters, with these women. Yeah. And I, you know, like I'm, I think that uh, I really... I really think, I think I agree with you that there's more envy in Cynthia's, on Cynthia's part. And I think it's because Cynthia has been around the block a dozen times and she knows all the dregs of society and she knows what it feels like to be used and abused, not abused, but like used and abused in terms of like a one night stand or yeah. a two night stand, or just, be, you know, like she knows how to, she knows what it's like to be treated as an object and I think that Anne knows that slightly less, but on the flip side, Anne is so sexually repressed that she doesn't think she's missing anything. Like right, she doesn't right. even care about sex because she's so repressed. And, and so that's just as like pervasive of a thing as being oversexed. <laughs> that's the right. right, you know? No, I think like what you said before, they are two sides of the, of the same coin. And I have something to say that I think that part of the reason you probably like Cynthia and part of the reason I like Cynthia, Cynthia, <laughs> is that um, she's like not 
she's never desperate about like being with John or anything. She's always like, what do you think? I just live for these moments with us. She's like, no, I don't care whether you stay or you go. She's like, and then, you know, there's like other times where she's like, John, come over now. And then like, it's done. Like they, they finish having sex and she's like, okay, hey, you can leave now. Bye. Yeah. I almost yeah. think like, I feel like I almost feel like John is also superfluous to her life. Like, I feel like she's sleeping with him to get to her sister. Like, to oh, get... Oh, 100%. I don't yeah, think I she, don't, like, feels anything for John. I don't think she cares John. about John at yeah. all. Yeah. He's I, just a pawn in her, like, envy and her, like, psychological thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. I think that she... Um, yeah, like what you said is that I, I don't think she gives a crap about John. I don't think she cares about their relationship. I do she like how she treats him. Well, yeah, I mean, she doesn't want to spend time with him other than yeah. to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think the, like, John is essentially a vehicle for her to get off, like literally, you know, mm-hmm. get a vehicle and get off. Get in. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> I did not intentionally make that punny, but anyway. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I I think if he, like, I think if it came down to it, she would just ghost him if she wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, I think she'd just be like, oh yeah, you're, you're actually divorced from my, uh, my sister now. So I don't care about you anymore. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. Do you think that Anne opening up to Graham was kind of like, the first time she's really opened up to anyone in a while when she when after they'd like, gone apartment the therapist no no like in the in the beginning like um when they're out to dinner or lunch or whatever and he tells her that he's impotent like i i don't get the feeling that she's like has a lot of intimate conversations with john you know he seems like he's pretty one-dimensional like as a person I'm not saying as a character i'm saying like he just you know like i mean I'm sure you've met people in like before like that where you just like you kind of like meet them and you're just like I just don't feel like you have a lot going on <laughs> you know what I mean um I just get that impression from John that he's very much like it's about him it's about himself and that's it and anyone else is just part of the you know because towards the or, or at the end do you think that he gets fired at the end oh I think so yeah yeah Cause like the, the client that he had pushed them off twice. Uh, if I were him, like the, or if I were the, the client, the first time I would have been like, okay, things happen. I get it. The second time it would have been like, okay, so this is becoming a pattern and now I'm going to go find someone who actually has the time for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he definitely, if not got fired, he definitely lost being a junior partner, which... Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like that. So they, they went out to lunch after they were apartment hunting. And I thought it was interesting that she said, can I tell you something personal? And then she told him that she didn't like, what's the big deal about sex? I don't, I don't care about sex. And and she had just said that in therapy, like we, when the movie opens up, we see her talking about that in therapy. And that kind of goes hand in hand with like, they saw something, Anne and Graham saw something in each other or felt something in each other that made them more open. 
And I did get the feeling that she had never told anybody that until she, she told her therapist that, but she never would have told her husband that, you know, and, and I think I like that you see her, I think she's telling her therapist that she like, oh yeah, because the therapist is like, well, how about, how's the house guest? What is that like? And she was like, no, he ended up, I didn't mind him because I thought he was going to be like John, but he's not like John at all. And I think that that was refreshing to her. And it seems like, she seems like a very lonely person. She doesn't have a lot of men in and out of her life. So I think probably her view of men is very skewed to John, you know, and yeah. And so and I, I oh. go on. No, I just, I think she saw something in like a refreshing conversation, like conversational partner in Graham. And that's why she opened up to him. And I, and I, I thought that was really interesting that they went there so quickly uh, talking about sex and then him talking about him being impotent. But I don't know, they like, they saw something in each other, which is never fully explored, but I like it that way, you know? Yeah, and well, they're, I think they're kindred spirits. They've both had their, you know, own issues with intimacy. Um, but I think it's a very indicative of how they're, like, how John and Anne's marriage is by saying that she was relieved that Graham was not like John. Yeah. You know, like, oh, that's sure. kind of like a huge, like, I mean, if I was a therapist, I'd be like, whoa. Do you realize what you just said? <laughs> you know, I'd be like, do you, you know, like maybe you want to think about the fact that you're relieved that this guy is not like your husband that you're married to. Like that's, you know, that's an unusual way of putting that, or that's an unusual statement. Um, and it, it just, it doesn't seem to me like there's a lot of happiness between those two, you know, like she barely wants him to touch her. And I think she's like grossed out by him. And I don't really blame her honestly, because again he's you know he's like nitpicking her at dinner and that's just that's humiliating you know that's a humiliating thing to do to just be like nitpicking your wife in front of your old like college buddy and and in in general I mean even if they were alone it's still like okay well you know what like I don't I don't have to do this you know and especially and it seems like John maybe has a bit of a control issue too because he didn't want Anne to work you know, and then, and he says that to Cynthia later, he's like, I wish that you wouldn't work at the bar because of all those guys that are hitting on you, you know, and she's like, fuck off, dude, it's my life, you know, and, you know, and, and really he has no, he has no reason to be telling her what to do or anyone. I mean, you know, it's, um, but in particular, Cynthia, because they're just sleeping together so he can't like he cannot he has no reason and she says it like dude you have you have no right to be getting jealous over these guys that are potentially flirting with me at my job and also she likes the job she likes the money so why does it matter you know yeah and i think it's interesting how in the first therapy session we see when the movie is starting and says, you know, like, I'm, I'm repulsed by him touching me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had a weird feeling. I got a weird feeling recently. And then after that, I just didn't want him to touch me anymore. And I, there's a lot of subtext in that line as well. And I assume that around the time he started sleeping with her sister was around the time she got that weird feeling because 
Yeah. You know when your partner is like pulling away from you. You know when there's something going on that's like there's like it's not a victimless. Well, it's definitely not victimless, but I mean it you can't you can't have an affair. You can't there's no such thing as a secret affair because even if they don't know what you're doing, you can still feel what I assume. I've never been in the situation, but you can still feel like something isn't isn't right you know right, right. like you're definitely your closest your intimacy not necessarily just sex uh your intimacy would be affected if one of you was having an affair with somebody else so my assumption is there was something that happened or around the time that he started sleeping with her sister she felt that shift like more than usual and didn't want him to touch her anymore and i think that that's such a sad uh sad line and and then later when she confronts him john just such a jerk he's like he turns it back on her like she was like you know on monday i called and you weren't in the office where were you and he's like monday i had a late lunch and she's like are you having an affair and he he's like oh i have a late lunch and suddenly i'm having it like he he turns it on her every time he's gaslighting her Mm -hmm. yeah and and so she's and then and then at the end of that scene it's even more sad because she admits defeat and she says yeah you know i get all these ideas and they're just in my head i'm sorry and i'm like he he successfully did that in that one scene so i think we can safely assume that he's successfully done that over a lot of things in their relationship like big time like if the issue is something that he's done that he needs to rectify i assume that he just always makes it something that she needs to rectify and i think that's probably why she's so sexually repressed and probably why she says later in the movie that she doesn't think she's ever had an orgasm because She's too busy holding all of these wrongs that he's done, but thinking she's done them. And it's, and, and then she like personifies them by telling her therapist that she's worried about like garbage, like filling up the landfills and she's worried about starving children. And so like all these things that are out of her control. And, and I, I think it's a really interesting and sad, but done in a really good way character. Um, and something else I liked, which I think is a product of the times, but I thought also worked really well seeing it in modern day, was that in the night, at night when she would get out of bed, she was gorgeous. Like her hair was all free and she was so beautiful. But during the day, like I know that her clothing was indicative of the 80s, so it's not totally fair. But during the day, she looked so like dowdy and her hair was always in these like big scrunchies and she never looked as pretty as she did when she was just like totally free. And I really liked that. And I think that that's something that time even worked even better for because I don't know if that discrepancy would have been quite so vast in 1989 when what she was wearing would have been the height of fashion right or not the height of fashion because she still looked kind of dowdy but she still i don't think she would have looked quite as uh obscenely dowdy as, as she did to me and then at night she was just so gorgeous when her hair was just free and she was just wearing that nightgown and and then later when she went to graham's house and she put on like that tank top and those jeans yeah but yeah. she still had the ugly scrunchie in her hair. And I kept thinking, like, I wish she'd take that stupid scrunchie out. Um, but anyway, I just really liked how it's, like, during the day, she's all straight-laced, you know. But at night, she's, like, more vulnerable. And you actually see her beauty. And I, I liked that. And her sister, on the other hand, was always, like, like dolled up. And she always had, mm-hmm. like, and, and she was always pretty. But she didn't have that. 
that shift. Right. Like she always had to try to be pretty, but then Anne didn't have to try to be pretty, which I, I liked. And I don't know if that's even something I, it's subtle, but I picked up on it and I liked that aspect of it. Well, no, I, I agree with you. I think that Cynthia is wearing more like tighter clothes. She's wearing clothes that show more skin and like what you said, Anne is is very repressed. So she's kind of like the clothing is like a sign of her repression, I think. Yeah. And it, like it doesn't, you know, she's got like a nice body, but it doesn't show off her body. It doesn't show like her curves or anything like that. But then when you said at the end when she's wearing like the jeans and the, and the you know, tank top, um, it's more like it's more like what Cynthia would wear. And more, mm-hmm. I think more like, I guess you're looking at her and you're going, okay, so this outfit is like indicative of her being free from her repression or whatever, you know? Yeah. But also, I don't know if you notice this, but a couple things. Did you notice that Graham only owns like one shirt? <laughs> I did. I did <laughs> notice that. And I thought that was a really weird choice because he was wearing a different shirt when he was driving in the beginning mm-hmm. and then he changed into that black button down and just never took it off. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did take it off, but I mean like he didn't ever have a different shirt on. He was either like shirtless or with that black shirt on. And yeah. I was thinking like, does he not have other clothing? It's very weird. Well, I think they did that intentionally. And the reason I think that they did that intentionally is because John always wears white. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're foils for each other, you know? I mean, it, Graham is the total opposite of John. Graham is uh, struggling with uh, omnipot or omnipot—not <laughs> omnipotence. <laughs> He's struggling with omnipotence. His godlike status. <laughs> His godlike status. It's really hard to. I manage. don't know what to do with all these powers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, He's struggling with impotence <laughs> and not omnipotence. <laughs> um. And, uh, and, you know, and John is very sexual and he's, you know, sleeping around and everything. And who knows if like, he could be sleeping with multiple women. You kind of assume that it's probably just Cynthia, but he could have cheated on Anne before with other women. You just don't know. And, um, I mean, and he's very like, it's just slimy, you know? So, uh, but yeah, let's see what else do I have. I did have a question for you. Okay. So nothing really happens to make Anne think that John is sleeping with Cynthia. So I don't really get why she asked John if he was sleeping with Cynthia. When she woke him up at night and he was like gaslighting her, as we talked about, she said, are you sleeping with Cynthia? And I thought, why would she, like, where would that come from? Do you, is there something I missed? Is it just because she's jealous of her sister and she feels unsafe like, I, like, you know, like, I don't know if you ever have, if you've ever had a friend that you like, don't want to introduce your male friends to because you know that they'll like that friend. And then you'll always like sort of in the back of your head be like, um, I think I feel like this guy likes my friend and every guy likes my friend. Do you think that that's what that is? Where she just like, when her mind goes to the place where her husband would cheat on her, it would automatically go to her sister because of how unsteady she feels like next to her sister like her sister's more desirable than her and her sister's more bold than her and her sister's more loud than her as she says 
do you think that's why she said, are you sleeping with Cynthia? Or was there something that I missed? Because I thought that's a really weird and like on the nose thing to say, not in a bad way. I just wondered why she would say that. No, I don't think you missed anything. I think that maybe um well i i can't think of anyone that i have met in my life where i felt like that before not like currently um i'm sure when i was younger yes that there were there were friends where i was like i was like i do not trust you because you're gonna steal this guy that i like and yeah um as an adult i have to say that i would not keep that kind of friend in my life because i wouldn't be able to trust them so i'd like why would i want something in, in my life that i can't trust? you know what i mean like yeah no, no right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um but i think that maybe and as you say the subtext that maybe since this is not the first time that cynthia has gone after someone that ann liked ah uh, yes um, that's a good point that would not surprise me at all i i would I would bet you that Cynthia has probably done this multiple times to Anne, you know, and I think that maybe part of the issue with Cynthia's, I mean, Cynthia to me has pretty low self-esteem. Oh, know? for sure. Yeah. Like she maybe doesn't come off that way, but I definitely do not think that she feels very highly about herself. I think know? sleeping with your sister's husband is a pretty good indication of low <laughs> self-esteem. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, you know, and she, she kind of always talks jealously about, about Anne and everything like that. And so it, yeah, I, I think that maybe, Anne's first instinct is to ask about Cynthia because this is just not the first time this has happened. Mm -hmm. So no, you didn't miss anything. I think it's it's just an it's an it's an implication. It's implied. Yeah. No, I I liked it. I liked it because I I can I can see it. I can see like that one woman in your life that you kind of feel like inadequate around, and that one woman in your life who you're like she's everything that I wish I could be, uh, you know? And so why wouldn't this man want to be with her? And, and that's in reality, like, obviously like men are just like, men are humans and they're attracted to some people and they're not attracted to other people. And, you know, you can't just like assume that somebody wants to be. And I, I think if the tables were turned, like men probably have that man in their life where they're like, I don't want to introduce my girlfriend oh, yeah. to this man because this man's, you know, so I think that most people have that person at some point in their lives, maybe when they're younger, like you said, or maybe always. So I think that Cynthia is that for Anne. But the thing that Anne never realizes is that Cynthia wants what Anne has, not because she wants John, but she just wants somebody to like choose her. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think her low self-esteem will allow her to be chosen. And that's why she like spreads herself so thin and that's why she has the reputation with her sister and and um and I, I think that that's really interesting but i i think it was so it was so sad but i really liked it's simple but effective how she's at cynthia's house and cynthia can't find her earring and as soon yep. as cynthia couldn't find her earring too. i knew that like the earring was in their bedroom like i oh, i yeah. knew it because you see her taking the earrings off when she's like having sex with him or about to have sex with him john and so as soon as she couldn't find her earring i was like she's gonna and then she's gonna find it and then 
and finds the earring. And that's such a sad scene because she says to John, like, I'll be more upset if you lie to me than if you actually had an affair. So don't lie to me. And he just keeps continually putting the blame on her and being like, you know what? You won't have sex with me. So it would make sense that I might want to have an affair because you won't have sex with me. And, and, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. That really ticked me off. I, that, that's a sign of someone who's an emotional abuser. That's, you know, emotionally neglectful. Like you can't take responsibility for, and also narcissist. John's a narcissist through and through is basically what it is. Um, he only cares about himself. He cares about um, what's going to get him off. He invites Graham over without asking his wife, which like I would be so mad if my husband was like by the way this friend that i had is gonna come over and stay the weekend i'd be like this is my home too and you didn't even ask me about that i'd be like this is fine right now because he's on the way and there's nothing i can do about this but the next time you do this you better ask me first because you know like that's not okay um i mean it's and I bet if she did argue with him about it, he would probably say something like, well, it's my house. I pay for it. Well, you know? she said that in therapy. She was oh, like, she, it's his did. house. Okay, so maybe that's where I got that from. It's his house. He pays the mortgage. And you kind of got the feeling like he probably has said that to her before. And even worse, like he asked her like before the movie even like before we even see the therapist reiterates that John asked her to stop working. So she doesn't have a leg to stand on if he uses that argument because she's not even making money for the household. So that's pretty cruel, pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not yeah. an equal partnership in any means. Yeah. And yeah. you can tell by the way she says it and by the things that happen that he has probably hung that over her head multiple times. Like, oh, yes, this is my house. You like all these nice things. Well, what do you think pays for them? You know, yeah. and, and that's exactly why he wanted her to not work so he could hold that over her head. Right. He's not a good person. Yeah. You know? Well, he's not a good person. He's sleeping with her sister. <laughs> well, I know, but in yeah. general, I mean, just how he treats her, he's, I mean, he, he doesn't care about her. He doesn't care about how Anne feels. Mm -hmm. Anne has never had an orgasm in all the time that they've been together. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of like, I was kind of happy that he saw that video where she said, I don't think I've ever had one. And I was like, oh, there yeah. you go, John. How does that make you feel? Yes. I you're selfish that. in life and you're selfish in love and you're selfish in sex and you're just a selfish terrible person and which is sad because i like peter gallagher a lot and uh, <laughs> but he plays he plays an asshole really well because he kind of has like a preppy face you know he, he was in um he was in a couple seasons of of grace and frankie and he was such a sweetheart in that show but like this like spoiler are you ever gonna watch it i don't probably not probably not okay he ends up getting arrested for like tax evasion even though he's a pretty nice guy and he's really understanding so you do like his character but then he's like he's like don't worry like he's married to jane fonda and um he's like he's like don't worry about it don't worry about it i got lawyers and i'm like watching this movie and i'm like he's rich he's got money he'll be out of prison in like no time plus it's like white collar prison so yeah. all he's gonna do there is like play pool and have like a great like night's sleep or something you know what i mean like, like tax on. evasion doesn't even seem like that bad of a crime you know like <laughs> no i mean i think that um i think that wesley snipes went to prison for that for tax oh. evasion yeah nice. but you're right it's like overall i mean like 
you're not committing fraud. You're not embezzling money. Like you're not murdering people. You're not you're raping not people. people. You're, you're not, not kidnapping. Screwing other people over. You're just not paying your taxes. Right. Like, <laughs> like big whoop. Like oh boy, tax evasion. Like, you're a hardened criminal. Good job. I know. Yeah. And he's like so not worried about it. And uh, it turns out that he had like twenty thousand dollars hidden in like his couch, and so they like tore open the couch and like <laughs> and all this. Anyway, it's. I, I don't know if you will ever watch it, but I would highly recommend that show. I love it. I think it's very, I think it's very funny. Yeah. I, I really like Jane Fonda too. So anyway, but um, yeah, so <laughs> I, he, I've seen Peter Gallagher play more sweet characters and I've seen him play evil characters. Me but, too. Like he, Sandy Cohen, like yeah, what a yeah, great character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's yeah, no, John is yeah. just through and through just a total piece of shit. Like he's a dick, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And he's not even conflicted about what he's doing. Oh no. And I, I think that that's, that's really a narcissist. I really I think care. the characters in this movie are very well done. Uh, as a like, still, there's always an addendum that I wanted more Graham. I wanted to understand him a little better, but what we saw of him, I liked, um, and it was enough. I just wanted more, so maybe it wasn't enough. I don't know how to exactly say it, but I thought all the characters were really well done in this movie. And that's hard to do, I think. Um, but I guess that's a testament to why I liked it because it's just, it's well done. Yeah, it's, I think it's very well done. Again, it's a movie, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's a movie that I've really never seen another movie that's like this. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's very unique. And I, I think that the thing that makes it so unique is Graham. And I think that we should start talking about him because we kind of kind of talked about the other characters. We got into, you know, John and Anne's psychology and Cynthia's. But Graham, I think, is a very um, interesting – I think he's I, – I mean, I love him. <laughs> so he talks to Anne about how he used to um, non-verbally express his feelings do you think that meant that maybe he got like violent, like maybe not physically violent towards people, but like maybe like throwing things or something or breaking that's, stuff, you know, that's how I, I saw it in, I, I could see one of two ways. My initial reaction was violence. Um, maybe like violence towards, violent towards people or like, well, I'll, I'll let you finish. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah, no, my initial thought was violence towards people. Like, that's maybe why Elizabeth and him didn't work out, because he was abusive. But that seems so extreme. And I don't think we could root for... I don't think we could root for a situation where he used to be an abuser unless the movie was about his, like, redemption from abusing, and the movie is not. Right. So I think probably more likely is, like, punching walls and breaking stuff. But I also thought silent treatment is also pretty terrible it's almost worse like i would rather have someone punch a wall than give me the silent treatment even though i think punching a wall is pretty um it'd be pretty pretty terrifying yeah Yeah. i would be really scared it would be awful but (laughs) yeah i i kind of agree with you but i don't at the same time just because punching a wall sounds like like i'd be like am i the next person that they're gonna punch or thing that they're gonna punch you know yeah. So. Well, I feel like I think in my head, just to go off on this tangent, somebody who punches a wall, as soon as their hand hits the plaster, they're going to be like, oh, wow, I, okay, this was a mistake. That's not, I'm not like minimize. If I saw, like, 
if if my partner punched a wall, that would be very, very scary. But I, I just, I don't know how to handle the silent treatment because I fill that silence up with talk that suddenly makes me the bad guy. This is exactly what I mean by it being abusive behavior, that it's like abusive behavior is making themselves the victim and mm-hmm. you being the bad guy, even though that it's not true. Yeah. I mean, I, I am curious as to how he would, Graham would non-verbally um, react to things. And he he seems so gentle now, you know, that I guess it makes more sense that he might be more like the silent treatment type, you know, um, rather than the violent type. But things change. People grow up and, you know, and, and trauma, it, it changes a person's brain. It literally changes your brain chemistry. Like it's, it's, it's like you, you essentially become a whole different person, you know? And um, I think with Graham that that could make a lot of sense as to maybe why Elizabeth had strayed because she was like, I feel like I can't talk to my boyfriend because either he won't talk to me or he gets pissed off and he punches a wall or he, you know, breaks things or whatever. Um, because he did say that it would scare people. So that's why I was thinking it was probably more violent. Yeah, I bet. I think you're right. I think it probably is more violent. Um, I, I can't see him being physically abusive to someone, but yeah, I, I could see him like being a punching wall type. Punching a wall, throwing something across the room. I could totally see that like a smoldering sort of anger. Mm -hmm. And I do think that if somebody you loved got so scared or so fed up and they left, that could, that could scare you straight almost, you know, like I loved this person and I drove them away. Yeah. And so I think it's like, oh, you like the person you loved left because they couldn't handle you anymore. That's not their fault. That's probably something you need to work on. And I think that it, probably almost like a self-imposed celibacy turned into impotence for him that sounds Um, yeah that sounds pretty accurate I feel like yes so uh I think that it's interesting because when like he was starting to like open up and she was like starting to crack him almost when they were doing their video and was and he said something like I've spent nine years trying to avoid just this this very thing so I think he he like much like her, he didn't want to be raw and vulnerable in any sort of way. So he just shut the sexual part of him down because that's how he, we learned that's how he connected with people. You know, he was just like John. So he connected with people by just sleeping with them like Cynthia does, I think. And, uh, and so he shut that part of himself down and he could feel it kind of opening again around her. And I thought that that was very, I really liked that. Me too. Big time. Big time. So, okay, let me look at my notes real quick. Um, what did you, what did you think about the the videotapes? Like, were you creeped out? Did you think they were interesting? Like, you know, I I, I really liked them. Actually, I thought I, did too. <laughs> I like none of the women. We only saw one that wasn't Cynthia and Anne, but it mm. seemed like none of the women were coerced. Like, oh no! It, and he was totally like, he was like, no, he would like almost try to talk them out of doing videos. The two, like Cynthia right. and Anne, you know. So it's not like he was like pushy or creepy. It was just like, and then I, I think that he 
touched on something that's like in everyone like like i think that there's um a puritanical uh a puritanical mindset that is sort of like pervasive in in our society and culture that like you can't enjoy your sexuality or you have to feel weird about talking about your sexuality and and i think that everyone wants to talk about sex like sex sells there's a right. reason sex sells because we're sexual beings and, and you know and in and, and sex is part of our makeup like that's how we're all here you know all that stuff and i think that he touched on it and i think the movie touches on that in an interesting way and i think that everyone wants to sort of talk about their sexual experiences and and i think and I know I don't know a better way of saying this, but I think women sexually, women need to be seen emotionally as well as yes. physically. I think that's why Cynthia like wanted to jump John's bones immediately afterwards because she felt so seen yeah. by just talking about her sexual experience and being like noticed sexually in that way instead of just like he takes from her body and then he's done with her which is what she's you know right and i think that's probably why she was jealous of Anne because from the outside looking in john like committed himself to Anne, but that's not what their sex like life actually was i don't right. know what i'm saying hang on i feel like no I'm no not... no 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 i think okay. i think you're making good points i i um i totally agree with you because after she does so after cynthia does the uh the tape with graham they leave or she leaves and it's just like a like a quiet very intimate moment there's nothing is said but there's like it's nothing is said but yet so much is said you know mm -hmm. at the same time and um and then he's watching it later and, and he seems like he's getting emotional over her tape which i was curious as to maybe like i guess i was curious as to what you thought about that, like why he was getting emotional. I think that's one of the reasons I like Cynthia so much because I think he see like he sees how like she probably doesn't let people. She definitely doesn't let people see how raw she is because mm -hmm. you can see it in the way she treats John, where she's like, "Okay, I'm done. You can go." You know, things like yeah, that. Big time. And I think that she was finally raw on the tape, and she's such a broken individual in terms of you can tell that she's seeking love and seeking a or seeking a connection seeking someone to appreciate her and she hasn't found anybody even the man who's sleeping with her right now chose her sister over her you know yeah, like that's yeah yeah that's pretty painful like no one is choosing her right and i think that it's like you finally see behind the veil and you see how difficult that would be like her sister's life isn't that great you know no. she doesn't actually have all those things it just it's a facade and i think that he can see that and that i think graham like graham is so interesting because he's such a watcher you know right right yeah well and and i think that what i love so much about him is that women clearly feel so comfortable around him that they're willing to divulge these very intimate details about their life you know mm -hmm. um i mean and cynthia even ends up like masturbating in front of him and and I like that aspect of that because I think it's like, again, like what you said, like she's very vulnerable and now she's kind of being brought to a space where her vulnerability is on display, so to speak. And it's 
scary and new, but it's also exciting. And it's, it's something where it's a, a connection that she's maybe never had before, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know. I have, I have a question though. Would you do a videotape? Yeah, I think I would. I don't, I'm honestly, I'm a pretty modest person, so I can't see myself like going as far as Cynthia did. But I think I could see myself like talking about my sexual experiences. Not while I'm in a relationship. I think that that'd be really like, I wouldn't do that. Like if I was a single person, if I was a single person, I think I, I would probably with somebody that like, cause he had a way of like, like you said, making women just feel comfortable around him. And if I felt that way, I think I would probably do it. If those conditions were met where I was like single, like I wouldn't obviously do one if I was dating someone or married to someone, but would you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think I, um, I think I would maybe be more inclined than you might be to do what Cynthia did. I don't think I necessarily, I don't know if I would, I, I can't honestly tell you, I definitely would do a videotape, but, um, I would really have to be very comfortable with the person in order to masturbate in front of them, you know? So, um, that's, that's something that I think is, is, sim- is basically like, I can only answer that if I'm ever in that scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, 100%. I totally would. I, I think it'd be, and I was even kind of like, like walking around the apartment, like doing my own, like, you know, fake video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like one does when they live alone, and they talk to themselves and everything yeah. like that. Um, and I think it would be interesting to just talk to someone and kind of be able to recount, you know, my own experiences and stuff like that. But uh, I, I love the concept of the videotape. And, and I think that I think it's like anyone who has any sort of like kink or fetish or whatever. This is kind of like his kink is that he likes to see women talk about their experiences. And it's so, there's almost like a sense of like innocence to it because he's not touching them. He's not having sex with them. You know, he doesn't ever, well, I mean, you kind of assume Anne and him do something, but with the women that he, you know, interviews, he never has any sort of relationship, physical relationship with them. So it's very like, it's almost from the standpoint of like research a little bit, you know, um, but like in a more intimate way. And I, I, I just love Graham. I think Graham is just such a great character. Like, and I, like, after I watched this movie, I was like, I just love this character so much. And I, I mean, I'm not kidding you. I became obsessed with James Spader after I saw this. I was like, anything I could get my hands on. It was like the Michael Douglas thing. As soon as I saw a Michael Douglas movie, I was like, any Michael Douglas movie, I will watch it. <laughs> it's, you know, same with James Spader. And I started watching, like, The Blacklist, because I think I was one, the, it was like I saw that around the time that it, it was came out. But uh, I stopped watching The Blacklist because I could not stand the actress that played the lead character. I thought she was, like, just awful. Like, not – I liked her character, but I thought her as an actress, I thought she was really boring. Like, she never emoted or anything. And I was like, just play some damn emotion on your face, you know? And, ugh. Yeah, that makes it hard to watch. I think something interesting about Graham is that 
with the videos because I think one of the reasons I said I would do a video is because nothing more is required. Like he's not yeah. doing the videos as foreplay. Literally, you guys will not be touching each right. other. Yeah. And if you yeah. feel comfortable touching yourself, you can, but that's not obviously required or anything. And I think I like that because Graham listens and I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of conjecture in this movie because you don't get a lot of information. You just know that he was kind of a womanizer who had a lot of partners probably in quick succession when he was in school with John and yeah, um, because they said that John and Graham were a lot alike. Yeah. And he said and then, something about like Graham, like holding sessions at like private sessions at the Catholic church or something, which I thought was a euphemism for like hooking up with girls. Oh, I thought it was like making fun of the church, but like in a separate part of the church while mass is going on. Oh, see, I thought it was like, hooking up with girls in a separate part of the church oh. while mass is going on i guess that makes sense too i i, I mean i guess you could go either way really. anyway it, like, so <laughs> um so my assumption that i make about his character is that he was not a good listener at that time much like yeah. john is not a good listener and he was not intuitive at that time and well, wait can he, i can i say one more thing before i forget I think John is in a state of arrested development. Oh, sure. Yes. And I think that Graham has actually grown and changed and, and um, taken the uh, things that have happened in his life and have, like, you know, learned from them. Whereas I think John is just, I think John's always going to be the way he is. I, I can't yeah. see him changing. But again, John is a narcissist. Narcissists do not change. They remain the same. That is, you know, I mean... So I think I people, say. well, I think people change if they want to change. Yeah. And what was like, somebody told me once that they learned something in therapy and that was like, things work for people until they don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's true. Like John's life is working for him. So yeah, he probably will never change, but Graham's life stopped working for him and that's why he changed. So I think that anybody... I believe that people can change, but they can only change if they, if they want to change. Like a narcissist yeah. can change if they want to change. Um, but I don't think John wants to change. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure about that because narcissism is a mental illness. Um, so, but I mean, you, well, you're not wrong though. I mean, I guess if they, you know, they seek actual therapy or, you know, psychiatry or whatever they could. But um, the thing about narcissists is that, they don't think that they're narcissists and they don't think that there's anything wrong with them. So I, I just can't see John changing. Well, I think like his life will always work for him because he's yeah. a smooth talker. So he has no reason to want to change because yeah, I mean, I guess you could, you could say maybe Anne leaving him like Anne is somebody who if Graham had never come to town, she would have endured that horrible relationship for years. I think and that would have worked for him. He could treat her however he wanted because she just takes it. Yeah. And it took Grand. Well, she has Graham, nowhere to go. She doesn't have any money. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, and and she's she's secure. She yeah, has yeah. she has she doesn't she's not interested in sex. She's never had an orgasm, so it's not like she's like, oh, remember that great sex I had with that old boyfriend? I wish I could get that again. She's like, this is life. This is my life. This is how yeah. it is. And so I think that. Um, I guess you could uh, you could say maybe if the movie had gone on, maybe he would feel sorry. John would feel sorry and start to change, but I don't think so because I think 
he could just move so easily to the next person. Um, and so, yeah, so he's probably in a state of duress development forever because he never has to change, but something happened in Graham's life and it stopped working for him. And so he changed. I, um, I have to say really quick, whenever I say arrest development, I always think of the show, even though it is actually a band too, but there's a, a scene in the show where Michael says, uh, we're just all in a state of arrest development. And the narrator goes, Hey, that's the name of this show. <laughs> so whenever I, whenever I like say arrested development, I want to be like, Hey, that's the name of this show. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so were, did you have anything else to say about Graham? Like any other? No, I just, I, I wanted to, I wanted more interaction between him and Anne I wanted to see their story unfold just a bit more uh, because I wanted to see how he interacts with her, how he coaxes out of her, uh, how he helps coax Anne out of Anne. Like she can Mm -hmm. be herself, like how she learns to be herself with him. Uh Uh-oh, someone's someone's fighting outside. Oh, really? Oh. You should probably go vacuum your lawn. I think it's a mom yelling at a kid maybe. It's not as, it's not Um, as. I know we're both like what grown-ups aren't fighting ew (laughs) it's not a if it's not a uh an adult fight then but anyway no we always always talk about like if you you hear your neighbors like you just like go outside and like vacuum your lawns you like pretend to vacuum your lawns you can hear them fighting (laughs) I love those videos those videos that show people doing that Uh, it's so true it's so true it reminds me so much of you (laughs) (laughs) apartment living is good for something (laughs) although you have a lot thinner walls than i do because i can't hear my neighbors like at all my gosh yeah i can hear them drop things on the the like my upstairs neighbor i can hear him if he drops stuff but i can't hear him like maybe if he has a couple people in there i can hear them walking around but that's that's it like everything pretty nice I feel Except like they built that. this building with like tissue paper because <laughs> they're like every cardboard. time I sneeze, I expect to hear somebody go, God bless you. But oh, I mean, geez. I never have, but that's what I think. I like, that's what I always think of. Oh man. And, like I walk around my apartment singing like the other day, like yesterday I had that Led Zeppelin riff in my head where it's like, been a long time, been a long time, been a long, lonely, lonely. And I just kept saying it over and over and over in my apartment. And I'm almost, I'm 100% sure that my neighbors heard me every time because it's so thin, but you know, whatever. (laughs) It happens. Um, I mean, I had that next door neighbor that this was different though because he had like fucking subwoofers and he would play super (laughs) woofers. Is that right? Subwoofers, woofers. What is it? Is it I think it's woofers. I'm not trying. To, I just like it's such a cute way to say it. Woofers. I it's. I think it's woofers, but it's a first. woofers. I remember when I was on the radio station and I had to do trivia, and I said on this day in 1980 something, the movie Tootsie came out, and they were like the DJs were like Tootsie, it's Tootsie. <laughs> it's like oh okay. Anyway, keep going. Your neighborhood had so, some woofers. Um, <laughs> I cannot say it weird now. It's cute. Um, I like it. It's like little dogs. <laughs> I think he maybe had them in his closet, which is against my wall. Yeah. And pressed up against the wall and was playing music at op, like at maximum level oh. at fucking 
five in the morning and That's I awful. was I have never felt more close to murdering someone than I in my <laughs> like I legitimately was like I have a big knife and I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna threaten him and if he doesn't shut up I will stab him in the face <laughs> I was just like so irritated like I was like I and and um I like even went over there so it'd be like five in the morning and I have like these like you know me I have like these huge like fucking industrial like sized loud ass fans and I love my fans and so I always have them going and I could hear the bass over the fans and I couldn't sleep and so I was getting like more and more enraged and I even went over there and I don't know what they were doing they were having like a cologne party or something because it stunk (laughs) like cologne it was like a it was like cologne party it was like half a dozen like shirtless dudes that were just like chilling and hanging around what like yeah and it was like five in the morning and the guy was like hey do you have a boyfriend do you have a husband and I was like yes I have 13 of them leave me alone (laughs) you know and I was so oh my gosh and I was I got really freaked out because he knew where I lived you know yeah like because I was going over there and saying shut the fuck up dude I mean I was a lot nicer than that but yeah he was like hitting I mean he's like oh yeah I'll totally turn the music down he would turn it a bit down for like maybe 20 minutes and then it would get you know (sighs) So I I just started calling the police on him because I was like, oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, I'm not I'm not doing this. And and then he left. I don't know what happened to him. And now I have this guy next door who I call um, the divorced professor. I have no I don't know what he does for a living, but he always just wears kind of like the same thing. And um, but he's like a like he's liberal. And I know because of his um, the stickers on his car, you know, and they say I'm liberal. No, they're like impeach Trump and stuff like that. Sure. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I just kind of imagine that he's like a like a professor. Like that's what I call him, the divorce professor. And I've never spoken to him in my life, but you know, I think nice. I think sometimes you see people and you want to like give them like an occupation because it's just like a fun thing to do. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> there's was, some was, like there's young people on my floor. And they always make me feel really old because like if I run into them on the stairs, they've got to be like college age. Like this must be their first apartment. And whenever I run into them on the stairs, I always think like, I bet they think I'm like cool and like 20 something. And then I see myself in the mirror and I'm like, I don't think they think that. (laughs) They probably think I'm old. You're you're what? Two years older than me? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm definitely not 21 or 22, you know, like, but like, this would make you feel better. But I literally always forget that you are older than me. Like, I'm like, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm turning whatever. And I'm like, no, you're not. Don't lie. (laughs) Thank you. I have like the bride of Frankenstein white streak that is getting harder and harder to hide. So I feel like that outs me. That's (laughs) though my parents too, like, even though I've told them probably half a dozen times, every time I'm like, oh, yeah, no, Sam's like 36. They're like, they're like, what? Like, they're <laughs> like shocked. Like, it's like, I just told them like, oh, did you hear that National Treasure? That's actually like a true movie. Like, they found treasure in that. <laughs> okay. I liked, something that I liked was that Graham turned the camera off and we also didn't get to see exactly what happened between the two of them. And I thought that that bit of mystery was really, really fun and really well done. Um, I would have liked to, the thing is, I would have liked to see her 
have an orgasm. <laughs> I kind of would do. I know. Not like no. in any gross way, but just because the whole movie, you could tell that like this girl needs like she, she needs to get she needs laid. to come she needs and, to come yeah. yeah and and like he needs to i mean not that i wanted them to like have sex with each other but i would have liked to seen something that implied that she finally was like like what's the thing that the bride of frankenstein sings and she's like sweet mystery of life at last i found you <laughs> and, oh in um in um Young, young Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I would have liked to see that just because it's almost like a Chekhov's gun thing for me, where, like, mm-hmm. it's such a big plot point throughout the movie. I would have liked to seen her, like, come into her own and be like, oh, I am a good lay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and um, I think they could have done it, like, did you ever see Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist? Yes, yes. I was, th- yeah, I was kind, thinking the exact kind of same like thing. That. Yeah, like where it's like you don't see it, but you know that it happens. And yeah, so and like, he, okay, it's like a hand, her. it's like a hand job. Yeah. It's not sex, which I think right, would go right. hand in hand, hand in hand with what you said, where like, I I would have liked to seen the implication that he had an erection, but I wouldn't want to see them having sex because right. that would be like fast and wouldn't go with the, their story, but like a hand job. Well, and it would have never flowed with like the feeling of the film. It would have right. been like, it's like, um... I mean, I, I've talked to you about that movie Hush before where the ending, I'm like, thank God that they didn't like have her suddenly be able to like hear again. Yeah. Because I hate when they do shit like that where it's like this miraculous thing. And I'm like, this, it doesn't, your, your body doesn't work like that. Like it doesn't, it's not going to, yeah, no. And, and uh, it drives me nuts when they do stuff like that because for one, it's like super lazy storytelling, you know? And it, it for two, it's like, it's like how in Rebecca, it was like a totally different movie, like halfway through the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and it, it's frustrating and it's annoying, but I think that Steven Soderbergh seems like he's very good with subtlety and that he might've been able to pull that off. I, I, I know you, I, I understand where you're coming from about wanting to see Anne have an orgasm and I do agree with you, but I really liked that it was just all implied, you know? that um like especially when she is like touching his face and then like putting her hands like on or his hands on her face it was very very intimate without having like the necessary like aspect of it being like erotic or something like that you know I think it's like one of those scenes where it's so like it's very intimate and and uh, and sexual but it's not in a way that is like is sexual if that makes sense like kind of like did you ever see dracula francis ford coppola's dracula no no damn it there is like the sexiest non-sex scene i have like it is hands down probably my most favorite like non it is hands down <laughs> it is hands down. i don't even know what it's it is okay no, so- like hands like hands down Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, it is my like favorite. Ninjas, like assassins do it from behind. <laughs> I'm like sorry. Keep first. Keep going. One of the first jokes I had, like, uh, we were we were hanging out and I had a, a poster or like a sticker that I found that said like assassins do it from behind, and I showed it to Sam and she was like, she was like, <laughs> get it, because it's like sex. 
but like from behind and I don't know why but it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard in my life like just hearing her explain it I don't like it was like it, it oh, I don't even know I can't explain it I can't explain how funny it was it was just perfect and I think that was the point where I realized that we were going to be friends for a long time yeah mm-hmm. anyway now so in Dracula, there is a non-sex sex scene between Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder, and their chemistry is, like, palpable, and it's so good, and it's so sexy, but nothing is actually happening. Like, they don't ever actually do anything. They kiss, kind of, but it, it's just their chemistry, and, like, it, it was like, I'm like, this is unbelievably hot. Like, unbelievably hot. And um, while sex lies and videotape was a little bit more tame as far as that was i liked that there was just like the simple act of like her grasping his hands and putting them like on her face and like her her throat like her neck and stuff like that was and it was just so intimate and that in it i think it I think that there's a real possibility with the added aspect of her, like you knowing that she has an orgasm would have kind of ruined that intimacy of that scene. You know? Yeah. I think I, I know what yeah. you mean. And I agree. Cause also when she comes home after that scene, her hair is out of that ugly scrunchie. So maybe that is mm-hmm. also yeah. like a signifier of, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Like, and I, I like that she finally stands up to John in that yes. scene. She's like, I want a divorce. And he's like, what did you say or he's like he's like unbelievable like he can't believe it and she's like i want a divorce and i was like good for you girl yeah like finally standing up to the guy who's been gaslighting you and cheating on you with your sister and yeah i don't you know? think i really the movie had a happier ending than i thought it would have and so i don't dislike that but i'm also like i don't know if i liked her going to james spader like going to Graham's apartment at the very end and sitting with him on the step like I was like oh so they're like together now because I'm not sure what I wanted out of the relationship like I can't decide if I wanted it to just be like a sexual awakening for both of them and then they go their separate ways or if I wanted them to end up together Uh, I still am not sure like and and so when she when the last scene was her sitting next to him on the porch i was like well i i kind of think i would have liked it better if they were like driving somewhere together instead of still being stuck in this town like she's free she can go where she wants and maybe i would have liked it better better if they were going like starting off together um so i'm not sure how i felt about that how did you feel about that last scene i liked it i liked that they ended up together i felt that it seemed it felt right to me it felt Mm -hmm. like I was like it may not be the perfect ending but it's great for what it is you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I it was I was satisfied I was happy about it I like that they ended up together Um, I did like that they ended up together but I, I I think I would be okay with the other ending of maybe them not as well right right but I I agree with you I can see both I can see both sides I can see um you know, and maybe going off on, on her own or exploring, maybe this is the first time she's been independent or something like that. But um, I did like that she, you know, she had a job and she gave Cynthia her like work number. So, and I love 
that there's kind of a reconciliation between the two sisters, you know? Me too. And brings her get a, a gift for her birthday and she brings her a plant and and Cynthia like Cynthia has this look on her face like, "Oh my gosh, you're here." And you're like you're forgiving me. Like it kind of and she was like, "Can I please call you? Can I please?" And it was it was very much like I think Cynthia kind of like she kind of realized finally like how much damage all this did you know and it's like caught up to her and I think that maybe she's maybe in a better space herself because she can start to mend the relationship between her and her sister Mm -hmm. and she can also um atone for whatever you know pain that she put Anne through and it, it just seems to me like Cynthia has become a person where she's like more like silently confident I think I think she feels better about herself I think she realizes that what she was doing was um very detrimental to her mental health you know and it's like and especially since Graham was like such just such a gentleman to her you know Mm -hmm. he wasn't pushy and and everything like that and to say that to to say or like to go back on, on on Graham being a gentleman when Anne first came to his place after she found out, found the like earring. And she's like, let's do a video. And Graham's like, I don't think that we should, because I don't think that you're in this, like, I don't think that if you were in the right state of mind that you would agree to this. And I yep. loved that. He said that I was like, yeah. yes, consent. <laughs> like, yeah. And that was just like, that was a beautiful response to me because you know, I think that he would have said yes, but he was, he was worried about her state of mind. And he knew like, if you're not going to do this when you regularly would, you shouldn't be doing it now, you mm-hmm. know? And it was considerate of him. I, I also really liked his response to Cynthia when Cynthia says, am I prettier than Anne? And he says, you're different. And I liked that yeah. because it'd be so easy to just be like, sure. Yeah. But that's, you know, like they're both pretty. And I like that he made her feel better but didn't put her down at the same time you know what i mean like he made her feel confident i guess is what i should say but didn't put her down by being like no you're not he said you're different and i i like that the implication is they're both pretty and they both have to come to terms with the fact that they're like they need to like heal from their separate like insecurities i guess you know yeah and embrace that they're both like pretty individuals and they're both like worthwhile individuals and yeah I mean they're both beautiful women right you know mm-hmm. um but yeah they're they're both beautiful in their own way you know and it's like anything you know right. um and yeah I I just I really love I really love Graham so much as a character I think he's I think he's great I think he's fantastic and I ugh, love it love it um i had one thing that i want to i wanted to ask um and that's why do you think Anne or why do you think cynthia suddenly had a conscience about sleeping with john because it seemingly came out of nowhere where all of a sudden she's like now i feel guilty is it because of the video she did with is it because of the video like the video like she said all the things she's doing to her sister aloud and now she suddenly is like maybe what i'm doing is wrong you know i think it's a mixture of maybe realizing that john isn't really treating either of them right 
um, and realizing that Graham is a good guy and that he's he's respectful of her um, and maybe realizing that when she after she did this video and she's you know saw the way that Graham treated her that she was kind of like I don't want to be treated like this by John anymore but I, I also think that maybe there's that maybe yeah me i mean sometimes like personally when i have an issue and i i talk things out i feel much better after it like i feel like i've resolved something even if it's not necessarily resolved so i guess it could have been something like that where like what you said where she finally you know had it all out in the open and she was like well shit i guess what i'm doing isn't that nice of a thing mm -hmm. and maybe i should stop doing it you know because it's hurting my sister but who cares about john because really you know i mean I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, think, I don't care what happens to John. Like you know. I think John. Like somebody seems like a great person until you see what an actual great person is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's what happened with John. And like, not that I don't know if Anne would call him a great person ever, but once you see that there is something better to attain to, it kind of makes John seem like definitely a counterfeit. And I, I think that that's really, really interesting. Great yeah. characterization in this movie. I really, yeah. and I feel it. I don't have a sister, but I feel like the relationship between the sisters is the psychological relationship between the sisters is probably pretty accurate. Maybe yeah. not. I mean, obviously this movie takes it to extremes. I, I don't think most sisters would like sleep with their sister's spouse or anything, but I do think like, the jealousy and the uh, inferiority, I think that that's probably very common in probably same-sex siblings. Like, brothers yeah. probably have it as well, especially if one sibling is, like, the almost more of a black sheep and the other sibling is seemingly on the up and up. And, and I think that that's done really well. That's kind of um, my my dad's mom kind of treated him and his brother like that where like the brother was like the golden child and like my dad was like the fuck up and um y yeah like you, you like I can see it in my own like well my my uncle's passed away he passed away in 2017 but um you know you can you can definitely see it even in like the way that they they act you know and uh and stuff like that and and like i think my dad's probably a bit more of an angry person because of it you know and it's understandable you're i one of the things and i was <laughs> i was telling my parents that one of the things i love to do is i love to uh learn about someone's childhood because i love to find out why they act the way that they do <laughs> and your childhood is very indicative of how you're going to act as an adult um unfortunately it's just the reality because some people have terrible childhoods and then they end up being a terrible person and it's you know but um once you kind of like start to recognize that correlation you can be like oh i see why you react the way that you did about that because of yeah and uh so i i think that maybe there's like there could be a certain sense with Anne and Cynthia as far as like how they were raised you know maybe like what you said like Anne was maybe like the golden child and Cynthia was kind of like what's Cynthia gonna do this time like is she gonna fuck up you know like Cynthia's fucking up again you know and and uh 
and Anne was always like perfect, you know, because she kind of says that she's like perfect Anne, you know. Um, yeah, it's it makes me very sad that Cynthia feels the way that she does about her sister because having a sister can be really great, you know. I have one, and I love her, and we haven't always gotten along, but we certainly get along a lot more as we're older, you know, and we're a lot closer now. And it's it's just sad that she she feels so negative towards her and she feels like she's so angry towards her and that she feels like she has to steal the things that Anne has in order to make herself feel better. But that's an empty, it, that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's not going to make you, it's not going to fill you up. That's just going to make you feel worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's yeah. kind of sad how they feel about each other. Like me too. Me I too. think, Anne. I think it's sad that Anne immediately thinks that all these qualities in Cynthia are, are bad qualities and that she doesn't want to be she's like I don't want you to I don't want you to I don't want people to think that I'm like you because she doesn't want people to think she's like um, promiscuous I guess but there's more mm-hmm. to like sexuality than promiscuity like just having like having a sexual life is okay you know what I mean like it's okay for people to yeah, think yeah. that you have a sexual life um maybe you don't want to sleep with a bunch of different people but that's a different issue than like and like you know she's so repressed that she just puts all sexuality in the category of like like bad because cynthia does these things or something you know and i think that that's equally maybe not equally sad because Anne isn't sleeping with cynthia's partner that is pretty sad that like cynthia goes to that deep but um yeah i just i really like the relationship between the two of them yeah, and what Cynthia's doing in her life are, are her traits are not necessarily bad traits, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Being a sexual person is not a bad trait. That is not, the, it, you know, it, um, but I actually did, I wanted to say that, I wanted to talk about how when Anne find out that, found out that Cynthia did the tape, you know, and she was like so appalled by it, and she's like, Grandma's such a creep because she was, she was over his place, and I liked, like, I love that. I like that scene. I don't, I wouldn't say I love that scene, but I like that scene because she's looking at these tapes and she's getting increasingly uncomfortable, but she's like, what are these? Like, you know, and he's, he's just open about it. Like he's not, it's not someone he's ashamed of. He's like, they're women and they're talking about their sexual lives. And he's like, you know, it's um, totally consensual. And he just, he kind of explains it. And, and um, I could see why she would get uncomfortable, you know, because she's that's just kind of the person that she is and she's even like spilling almost spilling like her iced tea because she's more like in her you know like you can tell her body language like her arms wrapped around her body um and she's very like closed off and looking very uncomfortable and and uh and then she calls him a creep because cynthia does the video with him but cynthia's like no he's not at all like he's a wonderful guy and um and then i i liked how like how offended John got at the fact that Cynthia did one because he's like what how could you like how could you do it and and it was like what do you mean how could she you're married to her sister you have no right to tell her how to live her life like stop being this way and and then um and then we should we should talk about the ending actually of of John going over to Graham's place and like beating him up and then watching Anne's tape which I, it was interesting that he didn't watch Cynthia's tape, but he immediately went towards Anne's tape because it yeah. was like, 
I think it was, again, I'm losing control over the situation. And I wrote in my notes that Graham has kind of stolen all these women in his life by just being a genuine person. And I think that John is knowing, no, he knows that. He knows he's losing control over these situations and he doesn't like that. And so in order to get some control, that's why he beats up Graham and then watches the video. And, and, um, and I like too, that it wasn't like just the video the entire time that we actually yeah. like watched the scene between them. Really cool editing for yeah. that moment, like editing before that. And then after that, I really liked that editing, 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 editing. <laughs> um, I, I think it makes sense that he watched Anne's tape and not Cynthia's because the Cynthia's in his life will come and go. Yeah, but yeah. the only way he can maintain the status quo is if he can get Anne to stick around. Right. And now his foundation is crumbling, so he can't womanize right now because he's losing, like, the security in the marriage for him is a lot different than the security in the marriage for her. Like, the security Absolutely. in the marriage for him is just, like, um, status and oh, yeah. someone to Great cook time. your meals and someone to make cheating seem more exciting. Cause like how exciting would cheating be if you're not actually cheating, you know, it's not cheating anymore. It's just like right. you're seeing a woman. And so his type of behavior would be like, I assume the thrill of the clandestine meeting is much more favorable to just like dating a woman. And so all those things um, would go away for a while if Anne left, if Anne like saw him for what he really was. And I think that's why he watched Anne's tape. I don't think it was because he loved her. I think it was because he loved what he could get away with when she yeah, was yeah. his wife taking care of all these things for him. Well, and it's like, it's much better to have, it's much better to go to the country club with an Anne on your arm than a Cynthia. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's very much like, it's like legally blonde. Like, like, babe, I can't have a Marilyn. I need to have a Jackie O, you know, it's like, and it's the same idea where, um, it's just, it's just about looks at the mm -hmm. end of the day is what it's like. Anne provides this, she has this very like sweet, like innocent sort of like almost like a country girl kind of look about her you know and um where Cynthia is much more wild and open and expressive and and Cynthia could embarrass him at a place like that but Anne will never do that you know Anne will always be the good little housewife and yep. then when he realizes that she's not going to be like that then he's like no this is not happening and it John gets everything he deserves you know, he, he gets fired from his job and who knows if I really, really would have liked for the job to find out that the reason why he had delayed those two meetings was because he was having sex, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that was part I of mean, it. He would always be so sweaty afterwards though. How would they not know? Cause like, how do you come back to the office that sweaty and like stinking? Yeah. And like, like, I feel like you would like you wouldn't walk like you would smell like right. sex you would like, smell you like would sex sm <laughs> and he would never like they would never shower afterwards he would and i would think like oh he's getting dressed in like that warm clothing and he's so sweaty and it was so like it's like ugh. the number like i have to say it's like the number one thing that bothers me in like movies is when they just like leave and they go somewhere else i'm like ew you're all like sexed up still like i'm like ew. yeah like, i like, I'm like, take a shower, just, just rinse off anything. You know what I mean? Like, or right. whatever. Yeah. I, 
and it was like it wasn't like there wasn't like a cooling off period it was like no. sex was done and he would leave and i'd be like oh gosh how are you I going know, back to the always, office like that but see you know like those scene always i was like ew yeah he's <laughs> like bum me out i was like oh and like yeah no i mean you'd smell like sweat and you'd smell like sex so someone i bet would have noticed something i mean if i was his secretary i would be like uh he keeps leaving and i know he doesn't have a meeting and i know he's not doing racquetball and i know that he already had lunch so uh yeah in that case the uh janet is his his um you know the voice that you never see her but Mm -hmm. um she probably was instrumental in getting him fired you know <laughs> maybe i don't know yeah <laughs> you know say like what could have went to her and been like hey can we talk to you about this and then she's like yeah sure this is what i know and they're like okay john yeah. you're fucking fired you piece of shit get out of here <laughs> anyway I hope that's what they said they probably did <laughs> you're the worst i was laughing at the l- <laughs> It was like, it was such a, like, it was such a throwaway part, but he's like talking to his colleague, you know, at the end when the the boss wants him to come in. And I was just watching this colleague as he was just kind of like watching John walk around and whatever. And, um, and all the colleague says is sure. Like he only has one line. And I, (laughs) at the end I went, you were in a movie, but you only had one line. And that's the best that's the best place to be in a movie because if all of your friends and family came just to see you, they have to watch the whole movie to get to you. Yeah, I mean you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um they were like, You did great. Your perfect delivery, emotional share. I, it was it was wonderful. <laughs> Featured extra. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway. So would you recommend the movie? I would. I would recommend it. I I really enjoyed it. I think stylistically it's very it's it's not unique because I've already like pointed out other movies, but it's it's a it's a it's a rare style that and it works really well and it's it's not boring. I wanted to see like the whole time I was like, how is this gonna end? What is happening? Yeah. Character development is really good. Characterization, I guess, is really good. Uh, the dialogue is really good. It's not, it's kind of, it has a Tarantino feel to it where I don't think it's dialogue that you would say in real life, but it's, mm-hmm. it really works. It really, really works. Yeah. It's not like Cameron Crowe where the dialogue is more realistic. Yeah. But it just works. It works for the type of movie it is. And I, I, I think it's, it's very well done and I would recommend it. Would you recommend it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love this movie. Again, this is a movie that got me into James Spader. I became a huge fan after that. And um, and I think the cast is great. I think it's a great film. I think it's very unique in, in what it's about. And and um, it's, it's just unlike anything I've ever seen. I've never seen another movie that is like Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And I am happy that I have not because I like that it's so unique and it stands alone, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but you know, you can always Google it. That's how we, we find out where things are streaming. We're like, well, gotta Google it. And then, yeah. And anyway, if you're listening to this and you don't Google things, what? you should Google how to Google. Yeah. You See, what you do is you go to bing.com and then you go... <laughs> 
I go to Bing to Google. You go, you, you, you Yahoo Googling. You can Yahoo Googling. <laughs> That's Yahoo Google and Bing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew what it was. Oh, you, you're, so you're so <laughs> smart. I shouldn't have never underestimated you. <laughs> okay. All right. Big so. mistake. Huge. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies, at Facebook at Watchers and Movies. We have another Instagram that's called The Watchers Who Find Things, and you can also follow us on there. Um, we are also we also have a website that's watchersmovies.weebly.com. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And if you like our stuff and you want us to review a movie, go to iTunes, give us five stars, write the name of the movie that you want us to review, and we will put it to the top of the list. And um, you know, and yeah, because it helps us get out there. iTunes is great for that, for you know, getting us out. And uh, thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yes, thank you, Mike. His name is Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. Thank you, Mike, for the music. Yeah, and if you like us, check out our other check out our other episodes. You know, we got a lot. We have more than fifty episodes, and we do a lot of different stuff. So, yes, you know. And I think that's it, right? I think so. Okay. Bye. Bye.